Hey guys, it's KJ from the scariest movie ever. And as our world is moving closer to the tribulation spoken of in the Holy Bible, and from there, ultimately, God's wrath, we are beginning to see signs that the old ones have returned, that the ancient ones, the old gods, have returned for Armageddon. Our whole life, our whole reality, is affected by unseen forces, and this happens in a myriad of ways. You can even look to just the days of the week. The days of the week are named after false gods and planets. In English, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday are named for Saturn, and Saturn, of course, a representation of Satan. The remaining four days are named for gods that the Anglo-Saxons probably worshipped before they migrated to England. Tuesday is the name for the god Tiw, T-I-W. And he was probably associated with warfare, just like the Roman god of Mars. Wednesday is named for the god Woden, who's paralleled with the Roman god Mercury. Thursday is Thunor's Day, or to give the word its old English form, Thunrisdag, or the Day of Thunder. And Friday is the only weekday named for a female deity, and that's Frigg. The concept of the week, that's a cycle of seven numbered or named days, with one of them, usually Sunday or Monday, mixed as the first, was originally associated with the Jewish calendar. And this was complicated by the fact that early medieval Europe inherited its idea of the week from Imperial Rome via the Christian Church. But as you can see, these unseen forces, these old ones, these ancient gods are still here with us. Many, many years ago, Confucius told us that its signs and symbols rule the world, not rules nor laws. And this is one of the ways that we can see the old gods returning, the ancient ones, is through symbolism. Symbolism is another language. It's an ancient language, and oftentimes we'll find more truth and evidence through the symbols than we will from people's words. And just as further confirmation that it is Anubis symbolically on those testing units and not an aardvark, here's another testing unit that's been painted with the Egyptian pyramids, uh, symbolically representing the occult principle of as above, so below. This right here was another clear example symbolically of the ancient ones returning. The Roman Colosseum is a World Heritage Site, and it's listed among the new seven wonders of the world. It's claimed it's the most visited tourist destination in the world as well. But now there's a Canaanite deity that's associated heavily with child sacrifice placed right at the entrance. The Colosseum was once a place that saw Christians fed to lions, killed by gladiators, sometimes rolled into pitch and then set on fire with torches. And the Colosseum now seems to have erected Moloch as its god. Moloch has been associated with human abortion for thousands of years. The name Moloch is believed to have originated with the Phoenician MLK, which referred to a type of sacrifice. Along with ritual prostitution, this deity required the death of babies to appease him. And then we have this right here. It's called the Giant. It's from a company in Ireland. And they're bringing these moving statues to different cities all throughout America. It's 10 stories tall and covered with millions of LED pixels that allow it to take the form of any person. 
Uh, you can also speak through it. We're truly living in strange times. In its own right, this statue can be said to be an impressive combination of technology and art. But for many believers, myself included, it's very creepy, and it gives an unsettling feeling as it draws my mind to Nebuchadnezzar's statue in Daniel 3, and ultimately to the image of the beast that will be built during the tribulation by the order of the false prophet. Remember this scripture, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Also, it's interesting to note how they use superheroes, comic book heroes, because in many respects, those are the new gods as well. Those are an example of the old ones returning, the ancient gods returning. They're idols to be worshipped on the big silver screens. This is the base to one of those giant statues. And as you can see, there's a lot going on here. Take a look on the far left, like the image furthest to the left, and you see the all-seeing eye. We see the all-seeing eye on everything in this beast system. So this is always a representation of the beast system that we're in. And typically we need confirmation. We can't just take one symbol. And we have plenty of confirmation here on this base. Now you look just to the right of the all-seeing eye, and it says, Awaken the giant in you. And next to that, you see the agent, or the man in black the shadowy figure there with the hat and the dark sunglasses. I mean, that alone is obviously suspect, right? That's obviously uh, something kind of dark and foreboding. But it gets worse. And now we see a famous character that most of us are familiar with, and that's Albert Einstein. But what's next to Albert Einstein, we have the executioner. And in the executioner's hands, he's actually holding a head. So we have the executioner, we have beheadings, and we understand that this too is a part of the coming tribulation. So they're going to be taking the heads off of humans that refuse the mark of the beast. Again, something very dark and foreboding. And now we take another look here at the base, and now we're further to the right. And we're taking a look at this imagery here, and right here you have a horned beast that's holding a rider on a white horse on a string and he's about to eat them. Uh, once again, this is very interesting because we know that in the Bible, Jesus comes back as the rider on the white horse. So the horned beast about to devour the rider on the white horse. Here's a clip from author Jonathan Kahn who does an excellent job in laying out this reality of the ancient ones, the old ones, returning for the end of days. Well, you know, as America was beginning to turn from God, when they started removing, this is, what, this is what happened with Israel, started removing prayer, early 60s, the word, these are all these things that cast the gods out. So if you remove them, then what's going to happen? You're opening the door for the repossession. You're opening the door. So it's the house is not going to stay empty. Something else is coming in. If you take this out of school, well, something else is coming into the schools. Something else is coming to the children. That's what we have been witnessing. And now the first god, or the first principality, the one who always begins it, his name, his name actually means the possessor. In the book, I call him the possessor. In, in the Bible, it says Baal. Baal means Baal. the possessor, 
Yeah, we call we know him as Baal. Baal, he is the possessor. So the first thing, his job, what he did with ancient Israel, is he caused them to forget their God. And he caused them to start driving God out. The spirit of Baal in America, in the West, has been driving God out. So we said the schools, we have, we have uh, from culture. Literally, the Bible says he caused them to turn away from the commandments. Literally in America, we have actually cast down the Ten Commandments. Same thing. So what we are watching, it's the repaganization of America. His job or his mission of this principle is to take a Christian, quote, Christian nation or Judeo-Christian nation and turn it into a pagan nation. And that is exactly what has been happening. And he is the first spirit. You know, it says the spirit comes and says, let me get my friends. So from there's, and by the way, said we're just touching on it, of course. There's so much to this. Of but, but it's affected everything. In fact, there's one thing that Baal actually, man, I won't go into it, actually manifested in New York City. The sign of Baal massively. We won't go into it. But the thing is that he is the first spirit and so he's the one who says now the other gods are going to come in through that and that's what exactly what has happened is it possible that the gods lie behind everything from what appears on our computer monitors our television movie screens the lessons given to our children in their classrooms the breakdown of the family the wokeism to cancel culture children's cartoons to every force and factor that has transformed the parameters of gender is it possible that behind all these things are ancient mysteries going back to the ancient Middle East. Yes. Well, what, what is the name in, in the uh, Bible? In the Bible, she's called Ashtoreth. She, in, in Mesopotamia, she's called Ishtar. When she went into the Greek land, she was called Aphrodite, and then Venus. She is all over. Hmm. And she's mentioned specifically there. Now, in the, in the Canaanite mythology, she's actually the wife of Baal. So Baal has a wife. Okay? And so, so when Baal comes, the next one to come, it says in the Bible, says Baal, then it says Ashtoreth. Then she's coming in. So what this means is once the door is open, she is the goddess of sexuality, of sexual immorality. She's the goddess, she's actually called a prostitute. She's the goddess who, who her temples were filled with, with sexuality, all, it was made, made it public. So if she returns, what would happen? If she comes out, it means that America is under, gonna undergo a sexual revolution. Hmm. That, is the, that is the sign of the possession of Ishtar, or this goddess. And the thing is, so sex comes, she, what she did, what a prostitute is, is she, she, actually, she actually damages marriage. She actually weakens marriage. That's what, that's what happens. Bring sexuality into the culture. In ancient times in Israel, she, in the Middle East, she put her images of naked people all over the culture. And so not only she was, in her Greek form, she gave birth to a, to a child named Eros. We get the word erotica. So erotica starts flooding America. She, the word for prostitute, which is what she was, in her Greek incarnation is the word porne. We get the word porn from it. So there's an explosion of pornography all over the culture. So what Baal does, in one sense, she's repaganized. She's overturning biblical standards of sexuality and marriage, and she is paganizing our culture through sexuality and through possessing it. And she's also the goddess of spells and witchcraft. Hmm. So she casts her spell on America, and we are still in it to this day. Yeah. It's irrational. It's, it's not natural at all. Yeah, and it goes further, Sid, because, because something strange about the goddess, and that is, that has to do with gender. Because what she also did, let me tell you, in her ancient inscriptions, I'm looking at these ancient inscriptions, she says, I am a woman, I am a man. It says, this is, it's said in her, in, the, in her hymns, it says, she has the power to transform a man into a woman and a woman into a man. 
So, so what's going to wow. happen? What's going to happen if she comes into the culture? You're going to start seeing what she's going to do is she's going to start she's going to start masculinizing women, defeminizing women, and feminizing men. That that touches everything. I mean, it touches our culture, touches our the roles, touches radical feminism and sexuality. And so, so all this stuff that we're having, saying, how could this happen? This is all the goddess. This is all. It's all there. Uh, when, how in the world did you figure all of this out? Well, well, I don't, I don't take any credit for figuring it. It's just something God shows me one thing, and then the next thing, the next thing, I'm like, I'm the first one to be blown away by it. And 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 Cindy even goes further. She had a priesthood. Her priests, listen to this, in her temples were they were men who dressed up as women, and they 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 acted as women dressed up. So what's going to happen if she comes back? What's going to happen is as she possesses a culture, is that men will start dressing, will start seeing that in our culture, which we do. These are her ancient priesthood. Also, they were involved in same-sex sexuality. We see that explosion as well. Also, it says remember she says she turns men into women, transitions them and women into men. Her priests, many of her priests were actually surgically altered. She caused really? them to be surgically altered. I never altered. knew that. Yes. I thought that was just something of our gender. Well, we do it more sophisticated, but this is why I wrote this book. This is to reveal and arm believers and to know what's happening. And she especially, all the gods, but she goes after, they go after the children. Because if you have the children, you have the future. And so that happened in ancient times, happening now. And so you think, what would possess uh, an adult to do this to children. Well, what would possess it? The spirit. This is what this, the spirit of the goddess. Mm. And I, I'm going to go even farther farther because this lady had mind-boggling. And that is that the goddess was in charge. When she, she was a goddess of parades. She had parades mm. happening all over. And when I looked at the ancient inscriptions of the parades, it describes them. And it says, it says in the parades, the men would dress up as women in the parades. Mm. The women would dress as a men. It would be a parade of gender bending. And that's exactly what, when you see this happening now, that's the sign of the goddess. And, Sid, it's even like more mind-boggling because I'm looking at this. And I look at the ancient... The ancient observers and they said when did this thing happen they said it happened even saint jerome it happened in the month they called it in, in latin junium june was the month of the goddess she claimed a month june and she was the goddess of pride so we have now a pride month it's all come back this is not be through these things through these festivals she possesses a culture and that and that's the sign that she has come back now, you say the gods are even influencing the yes. rulings of the Supreme Court, yes. and they've determined the exact timing yes. of those rulings? Yeah, this blew me away. Yes. Yeah. Since these things happened, there's been three landmark cases that have to do with gender and, you know, all these things, same sex and, and marriage. The first one was in 2003, had to do with legalizing. It happened in the, month, the ancient month of Tammuz. That's the lover of Ishtar. That's her month. That's her month. It happened, happened at the exact time, happened at the exact date of the goddess. The next one happened in 2013, struck down the Defense of Marriage Act. That happened same month, same exact day, month of the goddess, time of the summer solstice, all these pagan things. The last one, which struck down marriage, we all remember that. That happened month of the goddess, days of the goddess, same time, same date, June 26th. And Sid, remember, remember when marriage was changed. Remember when that happened. We all remember it. That night, all over America, rainbows appear. And one of them appears on the White House. You remember that? We all, we all remember. Well, that, that night on the ancient calendar, I looked this up in the Bible, was the night that is, a, is appointed, the 10th of Tammuz, appointed, appointed to cast a spell to cause a man to love a man on that day. Our enemies, those who would worship these false gods, those who would worship the devil himself, act as minions here on the earth for Satan. 
Many of these people operate through secret societies, performing witchcraft and sorcery and spells. The enemy has his minions spread all around the world, doing his bidding, doing his work. And many of them use black magic, dark arts, witchcraft, and spells to complete their missions. Black magic is being purely fictitious, or is there some truth in it? Some truth. 100% truth. There is nothing fictitious about black magic in any way whatever. It is a fact. It is a fact uh, which has existed for several thousand years. I mean, when we talk about black magic, we are talking about Satanism, necromancy, alchemy, witchcraft, the worship of uh, Satan, um, the worship of dark forces, whether it's voodoo, juju, whether it's something practiced in the Western world or the Eastern world, uh, whether it's uh, easily defined or not easily defined, the order of the left-hand path, the, the following of this, the following of that. It is basically the worship of the force of evil as embodied by Satan, Lucifer, the princes of darkness and their legions and so on. In a very simple sense, of course, it goes much more deeply than that. It is a fact. It is a desperately dangerous fact. It does exist. It exists around us today. Satanic ceremonies will be happening in Britain tonight. Very definitely. Ask any priest, ask any member of the forces of law and order, and they will tell you that Satanism as such, it's there, and it has been for thousands of years. Man has worshipped the devil longer than he has worshipped um, perhaps an established religious figure. They don't realize how dangerous it is to get involved in this respect because inevitably they start at a lower level and then they get absolutely under the control of the bosses because the bosses exist. They have the same ranks in the church of evil as they have in the good church. They do. They have ranks in the hierarchy of the priesthood just as you have bishops and deacons and archbishops and cardinals and so on. You have various ranks and grades like Magister Templi, the master of the temple, Ipsissimus, the sort of number one top man. And this is not just occult, um, occult uh, writing for the sake of writing. This is a fact, and people really believe in this. As a matter of fact, there is a church in Los Angeles called the Church of Satan, which is run by a man called Anton Sandor Bay, who has written two books. I'm not sure that he intended to be taken too seriously, otherwise, obviously, if it was, uh, true and complete Satanism, it wouldn't be permitted. But he sent me a copy of two of his books uh, because he'd seen a picture I'd done with Sammy Davis Jr. in which I'd played the devil, a very sort of modern up-to-date devil, Lucifer, the thing was called Poor Devil, a film called Poor Devil, very amusing, comedy. And he sent me a copy of one of these books uh, which was headed um, Regi Satanas, which means uh, Satan is king, more or less. And he read underneath to Christopher Lee, uh, a fine actor and a perfect devil, <laughs> and from Sandor the Bay. Well, I took that as a compliment. I don't think that's intended to be taken too seriously. That is all out in the open. But the real thing is something which I wouldn't be prepared to discuss. I have never attended a ceremony of this kind. I would not even begin to discuss what actually takes place during a black mass because it is so appallingly blasphemous and so repulsive and so unbelievably foul. Not just a question of hundreds of years of ritual, but what actually happens, what people actually do, what is done to the host, and what is done to the cup, and so on. Something I wouldn't be prepared to discuss in public. Enough people have written about it. Doris Carl Heisman's wrote about it. Can we? has two, of course. How did you come to play the part of Scaramanga in the James Bond film, The Man with the Golden Gun? Can I, just before we get into that, just make a point that uh, by the 
by the way, that what I've been discussing and what I've been telling you about all these um, terrible things it does not come from inside knowledge by any manner of means. I don't, as I said, have a private line of any kind which feeds me this sort of information. I know no more about it than anybody else who can read about it in the book. Freemasonry will become embedded in the American culture, and the eye will appear on the banknotes. Oh, God. As will your face. Oh, God. And in years to come, these principles will be honored with a gift from your French brethren. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with good works, but the problem is the Masonic Lodge uh, claims in its very own writings to be a religion, that every Mason is a minister of this religion. And uh, when you get involved in the Masonic Lodge, uh, I mean, every Mason who is watching this program knows that in the very first initiation, in order to join what is called the Blue Lodge, uh, every Mason will go through an initiation where he is uh, brought before an altar, and he will bow at that altar, and before, behind that altar stands a man he calls the Worshipful Master of the Lodge. And as he's bowing at this altar, he says, I'm lost in darkness, and I need the light of Freemasonry. And then every Mason is required to take a blood oath of allegiance, where he is sworn to secrecy, and every Mason will put his thumb to his throat, and will swear a blood, blood oath not to reveal the secrets of Masonry, or he'll have his throat cut from ear to ear. And then how could any Christian, and this is what disturbs me so deeply, is that we have Christian men who join the lodge, they bow at an altar before, they, before a man they call the worshipful master. You know, Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. And every man out there has to decide, are you going to follow the worshipful master of the lodge or follow the only worshipful master, Jesus Christ? You cannot serve two masters. And then to take a pagan blood oath, which James chapter 5 says is an abomination to God. You take a blood oath to have your throat cut from ear to ear, your bowels ripped open. That's just the first of many oaths as you go along in your degrees in masonry, right? And after you go through the first three degrees of what is called the Blue Lodge, uh, masons are then allowed to go into either the Scottish Rite or the York Rite, uh, <clears throat> 32nd degrees in the Scottish Rite or 13 in the York Rite. And there they go through a progression of rituals and degree work where they give worship and honor to Egyptian gods, Persian gods, Greek gods, Babylonian gods. And at its very heart, and you can read the authorities of Freemasonry, read Albert Mackey, Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, History of Freemasonry, read Albert Pike, his morals and dogma, uh, the authority, so authoritative, he's the only man buried in the Masonic Lodge in Washington, D.C. And they will tell you that Masonry is a religion, and they claim to be the revival of the ancient ancient mystery religions of Babylon and Persia and Egypt. And what these Babylonian cults were, were fertility cults. Right. Where they worshiped the male organ. And this is why, for example, when a mason goes into the lodge, every mason is receives this white lambskin apron. And they will wear this as a covering. In Freemasonry, they say that all religions are the same. It doesn't matter which religion you are. And uh, they say Jesus, Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, the name means little. What did Jesus say? I am the one. I Absolutely. am the truth. I am the life. There's no other way the Father but me. Peter said there's no other name under heaven by which you can be saved. How can you profess to be a Christian and turn around and, and buy that? Where I live, I had one of the leaders of the Masonic Lodge in our town uh, give me a call. In fact, he was... Uh, the chaplain of the shrine 
And he said, how dare you say that I'm not a Christian? He said, I'm an elder in my church. I teach Sunday school in my church. And I stopped him. I said, sir, I said, if you were to die and stand before God today, and he should ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? I said, what would you say to him? And there was silence on the phone for about 10 seconds. And finally, he said to me, he said, well, I guess I would have to tell God I was a good Mason. (laughs) Because you see, Freemasonry claims to be a religion of morality that through their own good works and through their own good efforts, they say, look at the children's hospitals, look at the burn units, look at the things we support. You know, there's nothing wrong with good works, but friends, good works are not going to save you. As we draw closer to the end of this entire system, to the very last page of the Bible itself, as we get closer to this tribulation, we're beginning to see a change in humanity. There really is a dividing that's taking place right now. People are being separated to one of two camps, sheep or a goat, wheat or a tare. And if you pay attention out in the streets, you'll notice more and more people are manifesting different kinds of energy. Don't, 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 I spit on you! Don't spit on, don't spit on, don't spit on. Don't you tell me to fuck off! He was joking, yeah, yeah. he was joking. I hate you people! He was, don't, don't. I hate you! Right. I hate you with all my heart! Okay. Right. I hate you! Okay. Right. Fuck you! Fuck you! Why are you telling me to fuck off? Fuck you! Why are you telling me to fuck off? We're just sitting here. We're just minding our own business. You came up to us. Have a good night. See you in hell. You won't be going to hell. I promise you that. Okay. Your Jesus will not save you. Okay. He will not save you because he doesn't exist. You're being nice tonight. Have a good night. Lucifer will destroy you. He will suffer you. Okay. Yeah, right, we're close. Okay. Week to week, just with looking at the information I look at, more and more it's becoming obviously satanic. Just obviously satanic in our system here. Kylie Jenner comes from a family of witches, the Kardashians, and she recently did this ad right here. Another example of the obvious Satanism that's taken a grip of not just our country, but the world as we approach the end. Take a look at the wreath that they put up at the White House. The Biden family put up a wreath for Christmas at the White House, and it's got Baphomet on it. When the old gods return, we also see a return of their ways. We see this reflected in the world around us, in our society, in fellow human beings. Inevitably, throughout history, once a society begins to deteriorate, or once an empire begins to crumble, we only need to look to the most innocent 
of that group, to the most innocent of that society, uh, to see just how bad things are getting, because they always seem to come after the children when things are falling apart. Always look to the children, and we're seeing that reflected right now in our world today, especially through the Disney Corporation itself, which is supposed to be for children. So you have a company that is, again, set aside and built up, allegedly for the children and for the innocent, and just look at how dirty and disgusting and degenerate that company's become. It's a reflection, once again, of our world crumbling and falling apart, and them going after the innocent, as always. and we let Sal do uh, every weird thing he could think of to the guys who delivered them. We ordered a bunch of pizzas and we let Sal do uh, every weird thing he could think of to the guys who delivered them. And everything I've ever known, I've ever loved, stranded, is not just a law enforcement problem, it is a societal problem, and we all need to work on it together. Again, a symbol is not everything, but law enforcement is made aware of the symbology of all criminal enterprises, pedophiles included. Why did they do this? Plan International is an organization that, quote, supports thousands of children worldwide. The head of their Belgium division is Regina Deprebondere. Mesdames et messieurs les parlementaires, Monsieur le ministre, c'est un grand plaisir pour moi de vous rencontrer pour témoigner des réalités vécues par les filles dans ma communauté et dans mon pays. Je m'appelle Adeline Remou, j'ai 17 ans. Et je viens du Bénin, plus précisément de la Takora au nord du pays. Je viens d'avoir mon bac et dans quelques jours, je vais entamer des études de droit à l'université. controls virtually every elite institution in this country, including corporations. 
and they use this hashtag as well as love is love zero sugar zero prejudice and this campaign launched in budapest what was different is they used same-sex couples politicians admiral levine was in france rubbing shoulders with all of you people with sam Britton. sam Britton is a nuclear engineer who was recently appointed the deputy assistant secretary of spent fuel and waste disposition in the office of nuclear energy and hollywood i mean the real truth is those people are idiots no matter where we look the lgbtq movement is now an inescapable part of our everyday lives when was the last time you watched a series on television that did not have a gay character or that did not introduce a gay storyline it just doesn't happen. I mean, you just, you can't turn on the TV without seeing it. Now you, now there are commercials and the commercials come out. And when the commercials are about, you see gay characters or, or, or gay couples in the commercials, they are everywhere, not everywhere, everywhere. It's beyond everywhere, right? Let's take a look at just how thoroughly the LGBTQ movement now dominates our culture. And then we'll talk about how Christians should respond. Marvel was once a source of relatively harmless, family-friendly entertainment. However, in recent years, almost every Marvel movie now promotes the LGBTQ agenda. The Eternals featured a gay kiss scene. The stunning and brave that um, Disney was for refusing to edit out the two men kissing. How stunning and brave and awesome they were because they were willing to forego that money, willing to take it on the chin and lose money. And the LGBTQ actor talked up just how important this scene was to the movie. Married to a gay superhero with a child. What does that mean to you as a gay man, a gay actor in this town, getting to do that in a Marvel movie? Beyond the dream come true. It's life-saving. I wish I had that when I was a kid growing up to see this. My God, like, I wish. Can you imagine how many lives is this is going to be saving? Kids, you know, young queer folk who are either being bullied, committing suicide, not seeing themselves being represented, and now they get to see this? The new Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, features a lesbian character who has two moms. Um, my moms. And the new Thor movie, Love and Thunder, is described by Natalie Portman, the female lead of the movie, as the gayest Marvel movie ever. Natalie Portman loves that Disney's Thor 4 is, quote, the gayest Marvel movie ever. Valkyrie, the new leader of Asgard, is an openly bisexual character. Tessa Thompson finally confirmed her character Valkyrie is part of the LGBTQ2 community during the Hall H panel, following the announcement of Thor, Love and Thunder. The extreme increase in LGBTQ characters and themes in Marvel movies is no surprise, given that Marvel now belongs to Disney. Disney has been unashamed to declare that it has a very clear LGBTQ agenda. Our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of I don't have to be afraid to like let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background. This, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of them. But like I, I just was like no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. Outside of the Marvel Universe, the new Buzz Lightyear movie produced by Disney and Pixar also has a very clear LGBTQ agenda. Initially, there was a lesbian kiss scene that was cut from the movie. Uh, 
but directly in response to Ron DeSantis passing a law in Florida that prohibits teachers from talking about sexuality to young children, which the left calls the Don't Say Gay Bill, the lesbian kiss scene was restored to the movie as a form of protest. The report goes on to add that Pixar and Disney reportedly had cut a kiss between the two characters, but it's now been restored following the Walt Disney Company's revelation that they were opposed to the Florida bill aiming to prevent instruction of gender identity and orientation to school kids between kindergarten and third grade. When asked about the controversy surrounding the Lightyear movie, actor Chris Evans, the voice of Buzz Lightyear, simply attacked and belittled the critics. Whenever you do something about representation or diversity or whatever, you sure. you always push back. I mean, what would you? I mean, how would you counter that? I suppose. Well, I mean, the real truth is those people are idiots. I mean, I think throughout history you can see every time there's been social advancement as we wake up. I mean, the 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 American story, the human story, is is one of constant social awakening and growth, and that's that's what makes us good. And and you know, when that happens, there's always going to be people who are afraid and unaware and and trying to hold on to what was before those people die off like dinosaurs and so you know i think the the goal is to pay them no mind march forward and 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 embrace the growth that makes us human the lgbtq movement has also taken over the united states military during pride month the u.s marines tweeted this along with an image of rainbow bullets on a helmet throughout june the usmc takes hashtag pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of our LGBTQ service members. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination and defend the values of treating all equally with dignity and respect. What is your problem with Disney? Well, right now, with everything. <laughs> they, um, I thought, uh, you know, as a parent, I had kids that I would be able to put in front of the television uh, watching a Disney movie while I was doing some work or while I was doing something else. And I thought, you know, they, they're perfectly safe with Disney movies. Uh, come to find out they're not safe. What is your problem with Disney? The grooming, honestly, the task force, the unnecessary wokeness. Do you think that sexual content and gender content should be not taught to children? <laughs> Absolutely not. I was a sex crimes detective at Anaheim Police Department, and uh, many of the things that I see Disney doing or, you know, what's happening in our schools, we would have arrested somebody for doing that. It's a criminal offense to show them pornography. Um, Disneyland has, has said in the videos we've seen released from the corporate office that what they're going to do in the movies, uh, showing them things that we have not okayed as parents. Uh, but again, the very things that they're doing are things that we normally would have arrested somebody for. We are that generation that's going to see Jesus come back. Week by week, this world's getting worse. It's getting weaker. It's being destroyed by design. They're going to destroy everything, burn it down, so that the final beast system can rise from the ashes like a phoenix. They'll build back better. All of this is being forced upon humanity by minions of the devil. And humanity is faced with a choice. Where will you spend your eternity? Heaven or hell? That's really what it comes down to. People like myself have been showing you the signs for years that we're in the end. There's no bright future for humanity. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be a fear monger. I'm just being honest with my thoughts and feelings. 
This is something I've been watching for over a decade. And now it's here. We're literally at the doorstep of tribulation. The old gods are returning for the end times, for the final battle. So choose wisely, my friend. And as always, I want to thank you guys for watching my video. Hope you're doing well out there. Take care of yourselves, and until next time... <laughs>